So this morning, the title of my message is Back to Basic. And I know that doesn't sound like proper English, but when someone's going to boot camp or something like that, they call it basic training. They don't call it basics. So there's basic fundamentals of God's word that we build our lives on. And when you want to go to another level in your walk with God, in your career, in your job, in your relationship with others, we have to go back to the basic principles of God's word so that we can identify what we're doing that's right, how to identify where we're going, and how we're going to continue to reach those people. Our church as a body, as a family, we want to reach people with the love of God. We want them to understand El Dorado County. We want them to know that we serve an awesome God that has good news. It's the same God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came to save. He came to heal. He came to deliver. When I don't find that in here anymore, then I'll stop preaching it. But every time I check, it hasn't changed. Pick up the same book. You can grab different versions. Guess what? Same God. Same God. You have NIV. You've got ASV, VIB, BIB, NJK. Old King James. You know, you got all the different versions for all the different age groups. And the, like one of the things happening in the young people right now, they always say, are you picking up? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You guys hear what I'm talking about this morning? The older, the older generation is like, what is he talking about? That's okay. We're going we're gonna, to, everybody, no matter how young, no matter how old, the message of the gospel, you can apply it to your life. You can apply the principles of his word and accomplish those dreams, those visions, sometimes that seem so far away, maybe you don't even know exactly what they are yet, but God has great plans for your life, for your family, for your future, for those that you're in contact with. You don't even realize what God wants to do through you. And it's just exciting because when I look out, I can just see so many different lives changed and impacted because just you're answering the call to God. We have to answer his call. We got to answer when he's calling us up. We have to be like, wait a minute. Is he calling me right now? Is, is this happening? Is he calling me? What's going on here? It's not working. Hey! Woo! Man, good thing. I needed to get you guys some coffee in between services, huh? As it's ringing, I have a choice. I can decline it or I can answer it. No matter where you're at, maybe you're in here this morning and you don't know God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, or maybe you've known him for 40 years. We continue to have to answer his call. He's got new assignments. He's got beginning assignments. He's got something fresh and new for us every day. He's not an old, stale God. He's going again. That's because I didn't answer the first time. Hello, Lord. <clears throat> what do you need me to do today? Amen. Amen. So for those who are watching, for those who are listening, for those of you who are in here this morning, my prayer and my goal for you today, Sean. Hey. Oh, yeah, I should have known. Sean would be trying to call me. That's when I put it on silent right there. If it was the Lord, I would answer, but since it was Sean, <laughs> amen, amen. I thought praise and worship was going awesome until Sean started singing on the microphone, but he sings like me. <laughs> it's like, you're supposed to mute it when he starts doing that, okay? You know, it was, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding about his voice, but okay. he knows his gifting. Stay preaching, brother. Stay preaching. Amen. 
We got to stay in our zone, stay in our lane. Amen. Answer his call. 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. It's special. It's unique. It's individual. God knows the numbers of hairs on your head. We can't spend our life and time trying to, or even the numbers of hairs you don't have on your head. He still knows. He knows. Even the reducing numbers of hairs on my head. He knows. I look at pictures and I'm like, man, it just keeps going. Where is it going? (laughs) He knows. It's individual. He has a plan and a purpose. I can't spend my life trying to be something who he's not created me to be. And in this culture, in our society, on television and magazines and newspapers, it's like they have all these different things and then everyone wants to be like that. Because of the, the amount of money they make, maybe it's because of the different prestige or position or uh, something. And then, but God has created you to be you. There's only one like you. It's specific. It's personal. He's not a religious God. And I was going to wait to say this later in the message, but I need to get this out because I can't stop thinking about it. And when you read the Bible in the New Testament, Jesus rebukes got on, was mad, and flat out just told them straight up more than any other group of people. And maybe you think, oh, maybe it was the drug addicts, it was the prostitutes, it was the, it was the heathen, it was the sinners. That's not who Jesus was upset with in the Bible. He came to seek and save those who were lost. He came to heal the brokenhearted. You know who he was mad at? The religious people. The Sadducees and the Pharisees. He rebuked those Chapter after chapter, verse after verse, you go through and you're like, man, Jesus was mad. It's okay. I get angry about religious stuff too because it robs people of the relationship they can have with Christ Jesus, their heavenly father. He said, every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of life. He has great things for your life. He has got great things for your family, but we have to answer. God, here I am, send me. This morning, I was just praying, I was thinking about how fortunate we are as a church and you and, and myself, and maybe some of you haven't got to meet some of them, but just great men and women of God that have been in my life that have imparted something to me, that made a distribution into my life, they aren't here on the earth anymore. They're in heaven. And part of that I was thinking this morning is, is that we've got to grab a hold of the things that they left for us. We've got to receive it. There's mantles, there's anointings, there's, there's, there's gifts and talents and abilities. And each one of you in here, what I want you to understand is, is sometimes we don't think of ourselves as seemingly important or significant, but we are making an influence. We're having an impact on somebody else's life around us all the time where we realize it or not. And I feel like God wants us today to take that position of influence in leadership so that we can make a deposit into this generation right here. Some of you say, well, I'm, I'm pretty young. Guess what? There's people who are younger than you that are coming up that need your influence. They need a godly influence. They need somebody to be, they can look up to that's going to stand for the righteous cause of the king and his kingdom. See, it's not a democracy. It's a kingdom. We answer his call. It's, he's a king. And there's a kingdom. So it's not a matter of if this gets voted in or not. It's, it, it's happening. There's a lot of people out right now that are saying, you know, we're just going to get this good news out and the, we're, the world's going to get to be just a better place. It's a false teaching. Okay? The Bible makes it very clear that in the last times, it's going to get darker and darker. 
and dark darkness is going to cover the face of the earth. You can read it. And, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? Because in, he said, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have trials, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Guess what happens to the light when it goes into the dark place? It's that much brighter. If you've ever been in the dark, dark place, like in a tunnel, and you shine a light, it's that much brighter. That's what it's going to happen. Your light is going to shine that much brighter as the world gets darker and darker and darker. The people who want to see the light are going to see you standing out because everything around is just continuing. In the last days, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, all these other things. I interpret that also, and this is my own thing, but think about all this stuff. Tsunamis, hurricanes, this, that, everything, catastrophes, Taliban, ISIS, and you name it. World chaos. Are we supposed to be afraid of that? No, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We are empowered. We're agents of God's service. You're ambassadors for his glory. God is with you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. So understand, Jesus, when the disciples, he told them, listen, you need to wait for this, whole, this, this, this person of the Holy Spirit. Go to the upper room and don't go out and do anything until you get it. Same instructions that he has for us today. You grab a hold of the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. He's our leader. He's our guide. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. All these things Jesus left for us. How is it that it's possible? Because I was meditating on the scripture yesterday in John chapter 14. It says, and greater than these shall you do, greater works than these, Jesus is saying, than these shall you do because I'm going to my Father. Now, the way I look at that is, they're not going to be greater in majesty or performance. I mean, we're not running around walking on the water, like greater in the sense that more special or supernatural, but greater in our, in our ability because we have the Holy Spirit, we can be everywhere at once. Jesus could only be one place at one time in the earth. But by his spirit, he can be through all people in all countries all over the world. That's how we're able to do greater things. And I'm not saying that's the only interpretation. I'm just saying I've been meditating on how we're doing greater things. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to operate through you and I by his spirit to be an influence. So not only do we need to be a vessel so that we can distribute to others, but we need to grab a hold of somebody who we can learn from. Amen? A lot of times people get spiritual pride. They get pride just in general. And they think they know everything. And I've been guilty of it. I know nobody else in here is, but that, okay, that was, just, that was just for me. Everybody else knows they need to learn. I'm the only one who thinks I know it all sometimes. But if we look, it was very important, especially in the Old Testament, they had mentors. They had people that they looked up to. They had specific uh, assignments. And, and if you were a farmer, you learned from another farmer. If you were a teacher, you learned and you, and you sat under that person to learn until you could do it yourself. And Elijah was a prophet of God, and he had a servant named Elisha. Now, Elisha wouldn't leave his side. Now, everybody else in the area knew it was going to happen, and he was about, his time to, was about to come up where it was time for him to go. And he knew God was going to take him. And so he said to Elijah, and you can look in your Bibles, you can read this later some other time, because I don't have time to read all these scriptures this morning, but I gave them to you in notes, so you can, you can go back and review some of these things. But it's in 2 Kings chapter 2, is the account where Elijah says, stay over here. I'm going to go over here. And so he literally takes off his jacket, walks up to the river. Elisha says, and this is just my own paraphrase because I'm not reading it all. 
He takes off his jacket. I just need a jacket, but it's okay. I'm going to just pretend I have a jacket. And he smacks the water on the river. In the Bible's account, literally, the waters part, and they walk across. Even the sons of the prophets, there is 50, and they said they knew. They said, hey, don't you know today they're talking to Elisha? Don't you know your master Elijah is going to be taken away from you today? And he's like, yeah, I know it. Just what you, stop talking. Like, are they trying to get under his skin a little bit? You know how some people try to get under your skin a little bit? I think they were just being a little religious. A little nag, a little, you know, it's just a little poking at him. Don't you know it's going to happen? Of course he knew. They knew too. He goes over and, and Elijah says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I just want a double portion of what you've got. I want double of what you have. And Elijah said, you're asking a hard thing. And I felt this come up in my spirit a couple months ago and it's coming up again today. Some of you feel like what you're asking is too hard. What you're thinking about, what you're praying for is too much for God. But he said, nonetheless, everybody say, nonetheless. <laughs> everybody say, nonetheless. <laughs> if you see me when I go, you're going to get what you want. And the way I took that was, is if we keep our eyes on him, if we keep our eyes on God, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, no matter how hard it is, this thing, we hold on to it by faith. I'm not letting go. I'm hanging on. Pull that thing. Pull it in. Reel it in. Fishing, however you want to do it. Think about it in your life. You're not letting go. And when he did that, the Bible makes it clear. He watched him go. He said, my God, the chariots of heaven are taking him up. The jacket dropped down. Long story short, he went and picked it up. The first thing he did was test out if this thing was really happening or not. He goes back to the same river, <laughs> takes that jacket. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And shabam, whacks, smacks that river. And guess what happened? The same thing parted right before his eyes. In our lives, there's going to be lots of opportunities for you to test your faith, test your obedience to see and hear and know that you can apply his word in your life and watch it come to pass. Sometimes it might not be that literal, but it is. It really is happening. Because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Because we don't understand doesn't mean it's not real. So we re redevelop. And in his life, the Bible records twice as many miracles that Elisha did that Elijah did. He asked for the double portion. You can read the story. If we're going to accomplish the goals, and this was my prayer this morning, and I always ask myself this. If anybody actually applies what I'm telling them to this morning, will it actually impact their life in any way? Will it help them? And if the answer is no, then that's not the message I want to preach. But if I preach what he asked me to preach and believe that if, if someone says, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that, will it impact their life? Will it make a difference? Will they be able to go and continue on the path that God has for their life and be more productive for his glory and for his kingdom. That's my prayer for you this morning. I know each and every one of you in this room are in a different place. You have different vision, different talents, different gifts. 
But one God is able to distribute to each one of us as he wills. Might not be anything I say. Most of the time, it's like someone says, oh, I really like when you talked about this. I, I didn't even say that. It's the Holy Spirit speaking in your heart what you need from him because you came to hear. And when you come to hear, God is distributing on that frequency and you're going to receive that exact thing that you need to hear from him. Commit to the process and understand that even when things don't look quite right, we trust in the Lord and we walk by faith and not by sight. That almost rhymes. I should have been a rapper. I always thought I'd be a rock star entertainer, but my voice is a lot like my friend Sean's. So um, <laughs> stick with the preaching. Amen. We trust in the Lord and walk by faith and not by sight. Here's an amazing thing that I think we need to understand. We're committing to this process. The Holy Spirit is the one who led Jesus into the wilderness. Wait a minute. I got, all this, I got this difficult challenge. This is obstacles, this opposition, this stuff that I'm going through at school, at work, in my relationship, in my family. How is all this happening? God is with you. He's going to lead you through it. There's nowhere in here where it guarantees that things are going to be easy all the time. In fact, most of the time it says, get ready, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. So I want to be equipped. The purpose of basic training and boot camp is to equip you for what you're going to be going into. And God, as his people, even with his own son, Jesus, took him into the place where he was trained how to deal with the enemy and come out victorious. And when he came out of that wilderness time and that wilderness moment in his life, it says he came out with power. So let's not despise these challenging times, these obstacles and opposition that sometimes is very difficult. I look back at my life and I think, why, God, do I have to go through that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I do that? And God the whole time was with me through it all, and he's still with me, and he's still with you. He's never, everybody say never. never. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with you wherever you go. And that's what he told Joshua. Be strong and be courageous. Observe my word. Do these things. Then you'll make your way prosperous. And then you'll have good success. He didn't say you're successful and you're prosperous when everything just goes perfect. That's not the gospel. I wish it was. And I even hear people say sometimes, I'll, I'll be in juvenile hall or, or something, and they'll say, they'll say, well, I just thought it was going to be easy. I gave my life to Jesus. Somebody gave you the wrong message. I don't know where they got that from, but that's not the gospel. The gospel says in this life, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have challenges, but be a good cheer. I overcame the world. You know what else it says? God is not going to allow any temptation to come upon you that you can't handle, but he always, everybody say always, always. makes a way of escape. There's doors. There's doors in our life. And God is saying, hey, I can take door number one. I can take door number two. Sometimes if I get too far down and I didn't take the door of escape, then guess what? I'm in trouble. I have given into it. I think we give the devil too much credit. I really do. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't make you do it. It's true. He can't make you do anything. And God has given us everything that we need. And that's one of the biggest lies that I see happening is that 
People think they need to get more from God. Somehow God has forgotten to give them something. God, if I just had this, if I just had more money, if I just had more position, if I just had more influence, if I had more prestige, if I had that brand new car I wanted, if I had that house, if I had that. He's given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. God has got your back. He is going to make sure that you are equipped. Just like when I went to boot camp, they made sure they taught me. They didn't just give me a rifle and say, go shoot that thing. They went over fundamentals, breathing, sight alignment, how, 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 to, how to make sure, aligning all these things up in your life. God is taking you through a process by his spirit for your benefit so that you can be an instrument for his glory. And you go through these certain things and it just makes you better. It just makes you stronger. It just makes you more of an influence. It makes you shine that much brighter. And you feel like he's shutting you down and all he's doing is really positioning you for something great. We all go through these different things. So I don't want you to feel alone. You are not alone, ever. You feel like it. And you look in the mirror and you don't see anyone standing around. But he's in you. If you could only see the greater one, when you've asked and you believe you receive, he is in you. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. There's going to be things that come up, and it's going to make you scared. And it's okay to feel, like, overwhelmed at times. But then you've got to come back to, okay, I see this is happening in my family, my relationship, my job, my career, all these different things. But then we step back and say, but God, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. He's with you. And he's going to cause you to triumph. But you have to realize sometimes it doesn't look quite right. But we're not looking at with these eyes. We're walking by faith and understanding that God's word is true. Everything else, I don't know about. All I know is that this word, he said everything is going to come and go and All this stuff's going to pass away, but my word is not going to pass away. It's going to remain forever. So if there's anything you can count on in your life, it's the word of God. I love what Nehemiah says. The good hand of God is upon me. Guess what my declaration over you today? The good hand of God is upon your life. The good hand of God is going to lead you through. He's going to be upon you. He's in you. And he wants to continue to help you develop to be who he's called you to be. And it's not just a one-time event. It's a process. It's daily disciplines. It's, having, it's, it's, it's creating new habits. Understand what you've been doing is what you've brought you to where you are right now. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, it's a it's basic combination of everything that you've been through in your life. Processes and decisions and, and things that have happened in your life. That's where you're at right now. Where you're going We have to identify what is preventing us from getting to where we want to be. So, and I'm not saying we're not going in the right direction. I'm just saying sometimes we reach these points. I know Pastor has been in in a season of recalibration. He wants to make changes because he feels like he's plateaued in a certain area. He wants our church to grow. He wants to see more people touched with the love of God. He wants to see more people healed, saved, delivered, all these different things. So he wants to make adjustments in our lives. 
We've got to be willing to make adjustments no matter how young we are or no matter how old we are. Because he doesn't stop calling. He just keeps calling and saying, hey, I got, a, I got another assignment for you. And I have to uh, say I'm embarrassedly and sometimes ashamed. It's like sometimes I just push decline. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that right now, Lord. Forgive me. But you know what? Then he just, he's a loving God. He's not rating you by your performance. This isn't school where God's giving you an A, B, C, D, or E, or F. I know they don't have E, but they, I don't know why they should. I mean, they're going to stick with the alphabet. I mean, teaching me English here, and we're skipping letters already. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> He's definitely better than F. That's all I know. <laughs> don't want one of those. But God... God is, is, is seeing you through the eyes of grace, through the eyes, through Jesus. So if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't walk around with guilt and condemnation. This part right here is not in your notes, but someone needs to hear this this morning. You can't walk around with guilt and condemnation in your life. There's no door out of that. That means you messed up and you're in purgatory. You're punished. You're, you're out of luck. You're going to go through, uh, I think you're just going to have to stay there for a while. This is your term. This is your sentence. You're stuck here. That's not how our God operates. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is God's getting your attention because what you're doing and the right way you're going is contrary to his will for your life. And he has a plan for your success, for your prosperity, for your purpose. And when he sees that something that I'm doing is not lining up with his plan, then it's called conviction. And he says, hello, Cole. If you keep going this way, you're missing out my plans for you. And I have a chance at that moment to say, okay, God, forgive me. I didn't even realize that until you showed me. And then I can just take a shift back over here. I don't stand in punishment for two weeks or three weeks because I missed out on what God was trying to accomplish through me. Because there's plenty of times that I missed it. And in your life, you're going to miss it sometimes. And just know this. It's not an opportunity for you to beat yourself up. That's not the plan. That's not God's way. God's way is, let's get back on track. Let's go. That's conviction. God is alerting you by his spirit, in your spirit, because God speaks to your spirit. There's something in here. We got we to make some adjustments. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. If we're acting like the world all the time, then God is going to give you a check in your spirit. That this movie or this music or this, this, this interaction, this relationship is not, is not edifying you or building you up. And does that mean we stay away from those people? No, we were there to reach them. But we're not going to let them influence us. We're the influence. We've got the power for his glory. Condemnation is you're locked up with no key until you've served your time in your heart or mind or however it is, and realize that's not God's word. That's not his plan. That's not his way. But God will let you know because he does. He says in his word, he will discipline and chasten those whom he loves because he's a loving father. So he doesn't want to let me continue to do things that are hurting myself because he loves me. That's a loving God. That's a right relationship. Continue to 
punish for something that he's already forgiven me for. That's where condemnation comes in. And a lot of Christians condemn themselves. And you cannot be a witness, an influence, or anything else without having a clear conscience. Everybody say clear conscience. Clear conscience, clear conscience through Christ Jesus. That's a freeing thing. This morning, I don't want you to walk out of this place without realizing God has set you free from that condemnation. Condemnation comes from the devil. Amen? Amen. So, you're not alone. Education, training, and experience is required for you to get to where you want to go. Develop new habits and daily disciplines. I've been trying to do some new things. I'm working on some new stuff. So I have to make some changes. I'm getting up a little earlier. I'm studying some things. I have to make application in my life, in your life. If you're going to reach these goals that you have, if you're going to accomplish the vision, God says write the vision. Habakkuk 2, 2. Go ahead. You guys can go ahead and start. You can write the vision. Make it plain. Was I too quick? We're getting set up. Sorry. You write the vision. I'm rewriting my vision. I'm rewriting things. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. Keep refining. Keep defining. Keep clarifying. What is it that's in me that's unique that God wants to use for his glory? Because there's something special in you. And it might not be something that everyone else in the world thinks is so special. But that's not what you're trying to do it for. You know, find your lane, find your groove. And I'm not saying that's all that you're good at or that's all you can do. But I love, I love watching different people. I, you can just see they're gifted in hospitality. They're gifted in ministry, administration, gifted in preaching, or, or get, they have different gifts and, and able to do different things. Some people are just some very skilled craftsmen. They can do things with their hands and tools, and they have abilities to do things. And it's for his glory. God takes pleasure in that by you expressing your gifts for him. And it reaches other people for his glory. It'll be a door that can open up conversation for you to be an influence. We want to reach our family. We want to reach our friends. We want to reach our associates. We want to reach our neighbors. It was a Bible class I taught years ago, and I love it. It was called Franz. I know, they spelled it wrong again. F-R-A-N. Fran. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. Just till recently, I don't think any of my neighbors really liked me that much. They thought I was a nuisance to the neighborhood. I was like, man, I'm just trying to fix this place up. But all they hear is the construction trucks and tractors and stuff. They're just like, you're wrecking the peace and quiet of our neighborhood. Hey, I'm just trying to fix this place up and raise the property values around here. Now they actually, when the tree fell down on their fence and, uh, the neighbors didn't like me so much, and I walked out there with my gear on and my chainsaw and cut this tree off their fence and helped them clear their driveway out. Now, all of a sudden, they smile at me. Now, I think a door of opportunity might be coming open. I wouldn't be surprised if they sent me some cookies or something for Christmas this year. It didn't start off that way, though. Don't give up! Okay? Develop new habits. Put on the mind of Christ. Draw on the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody put your hand on your belly. The Spirit of God on the inside of you. Draw on the power that's in you. Stir up a well. Stir up a well of God, a well of life inside your people today. Let them feel your tangible presence. It's tangible. It's spiritual. We don't see it all the time. But guess what? Other people see it. 
When you're exercising your gifts by His Spirit, they see it. It's recognizable. You have access, like Matt said, to the throne room of grace. Access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to come and ask for help in time of need. Come boldly, the Bible says, into the throne room of grace in a time of need, and I'll give you that help. I'll be there for you. I'll help you. The right perspective. Access the right perspective and apply the right principles. Access the right perspective. You are seated with Christ. If you're born again and you're in this room today, if you're watching or you're listening, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're not seeing from the bottom. You're seeing from the top. When you get an airplane or you're on the top of the mountain or you're on top of the summit, you can see things in a whole different perspective than when you're coming up through the valley and everything else is higher than you. Seated with him, we see things differently. We put on his mind and we understand that we're seeing what's going on from a different perspective. What you're able to see by his spirit is going to allow you to accomplish and go where he's called you to go. But if we can't see it on the inside, we're never going to actually reach it on the outside. We've got to be able to put on the mind of Christ and see, applying the right principles. This is so key. We don't get anything else. This was just something that dropped in my spirit. Access the right perspective. The way you access that is by going up and sitting with him. Not so that we can act that we're better than anybody else, but because we have a, a different point of view by his word, by his spirit. We're looking out. I'm up here. I can see all of you a lot better than if I'm sitting down there. I can look around. I can see heads. I can see that. But because I'm up higher, I can see from a different point of view that can, I can see things and apply the right principles. The principles of his word are never gonna change. We walk by faith, but not by sight. We build up ourselves, our most holy faith, Jude 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. We, we build up, we walk, we bless, we love, we fight the good fight of faith. The principles of God's word. When we believe, we, we pray, we believe, we receive, we have what we have asked for in the mighty name of Jesus. Wait a minute, I don't see it right now. That's okay, I believe I receive. I'm grabbing a hold of that, I'm not letting go. That's the principles of his word, but I don't see it. That's okay, doesn't make sense. That's all right, that's not what it's about. It's about his word and applying his principles in your life, confessing it, meditating on his word. Memorize the word of God. When you're fighting a situation, you know that you can overcome all things. What is Romans 8.37? We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. When I feel weak, I know I'm strong in him. When I feel weak, I know that he renews my youth, strength like the eagles. When I feel down, I know he picks me up. When you feel like the tail, sorry, you're the head, not the tail. Applying his principles, building in reserves. I don't wait till we're, we don't wait till we're on the front line to ask for more ammo. You better bring some with you. If you've got one clip and that's all you've got, you're in trouble because the enemy is just going to keep it coming at you. But we're not afraid of that. We're, 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 we're fighting. We're on the right team. We're going to win this thing. We just keep going, keep pressing, 
towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. Understand that he's got a plan and a purpose that's going to prevail in your life if you trust in him, when you walk on him, and you, and you know that no matter what's coming against you, you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side. You're going to overcome your kids, your grandkids, all these different things that are happening. God's got his hand upon it. Amen. That clock, man, we got a whole nother hour? What is that? How's that? No, we're already an hour late. Sorry. I don't know. No, we're good. We're good. Thank you for my time, Shagger. Kate, my daughter, awesome. So thankful. She, I got seven minutes, just in case you want to. Is that a iPhone time or Samsung or what are we on, Android? What are we, what are we working with this morning? 11.54. Build new relationships to influence others. If we're going to reach our community, we're going to reach our neighbors, our friends, build new relationships. Sometimes it's the simplest normal things that we, we try to over-spiritualize stuff. Be friendly. Smile. Try it. You look great when you smile. Trust me. Make me want to hang out with you. Shake your hand and stuff. You're frowning at me. I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with that person? He must be constipated. I don't know. Just smile. Take the laxative. Let loose a little bit, you know? You guys are so uptight. Non-prescription, of course, you know, unless you need it. I don't want to be telling people to do drugs from the pulpit or anything like that, you know. We wouldn't do, yeah, we don't want to do that. Let's get high on the Holy Ghost. People came from everywhere to see, hear, and be touched by Jesus. People on the surface may seem uninterested, but don't let that stop you from sharing the love of God and salvation through Jesus. Don't bring them religion. Don't bring them religion, because religion doesn't save. Religion doesn't heal. Religion doesn't deliver. It brings them into a traditional dead end. Bow your heads. Don't be religious. All right, you look back up at me. That was just because you got in trouble for being religious. Now you're, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't bring them religion. Introduce them to the man. He's the man. We everybody hear people saying, you're the man. No, you're the man. No, no, he's the man. The man Jesus. He is the man. And we got that, we got that concept, but he's the man. He's the one man who did all things for all of us. Amen. He's still bringing people out of bondage and into the promised land. He is there with us to help. Bow your heads. Why don't you guys sing? Why don't you guys sing uh, that song again before we go? Whichever one.